Good evening and welcome to Inside the Player Studio, the podcast for the geeky, for the nerdy, and for those who have nothing better to do. I am your host, Birdman, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host and good friend, Master Bruce. MB, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. It's going well. Not really a usual form for me because it usually goes terribly, but today's pretty good. Well, yeah, I guess good for you is just like mediocre for most people. Yeah, I mean, I I thrive on mediocrity. Yes, uh, uh, you excel to be mediocre. That's your that's your family. That's on your family crest. Yeah, pretty much. Um. Anyway, that's enough of us chat. Let's get to our guest for tonight. Most of you know him around the RPGs. He's been around the RPGs for <clears throat> well since I've been there. So probably at least a year before I've been there. I'm not really sure on the exact date. But anyway, let's introduce him. Um, Andy C. Andy. Good afternoon or good evening. I'm sorry. We don't care. We don't care how you're doing. So good because I don't care how I'm doing either. That's how you got in the shape that you're in. Pretty much. Um. Well, uh, anyway, we're off to a great start. Yeah, this is how we do. We, we always this. This is this is how we go. This is our. our we're, method. we're two sentences in, and already we've established I'm a fat loser. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, you know, if you if if you weren't, you know, you sure as hell wouldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, um, to be fair, I mean, it's a step up from the last one we did. Yeah, and at, at least we can understand you. So. Yeah. You got that going for you. Yeah. So I guess I'll go ahead and start jumping into uh, the show and start getting into some of the questions that we have. Uh, one yeah. thing we wanted, I wanted to talk to you about, and especially MB, uh, it's a character that you played a good many years in the DC RPGs, and uh, it's a character that actually MB and I have played off and on through um, different RPGs. Uh, that's the character of Superman, and you had a pretty good run with him. A good many seasons. And, yeah, I played uh, him for about three seasons, I think. Uh, I started in season six, and I lasted through season eight and started on season nine. Yeah. So we'll say two years and some change, pretty much. Or two yeah, seasons was, and some change. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a pretty uh, pretty long run. Uh, yeah, you Granted, had... there, were, there were huge uh, periods of inactivity yeah. um, but... uh, and monstrous uh, solo... Uh, Solo arcs, but yeah. uh, did, did he ever come back from being in space? I think you had him in space for like I, two seasons. He went out into space it, at the end, uh, at the beginning of season seven, after the whole Dark Alliance thing. Yeah, because um, like at that point, I was like, that was such a fucking downer, and it went on forever. I'm just gonna go do my own thing for a little bit. Anyway, uh, at season seven, I was like, I'm gonna have him go have some crazy space adventure. Uh, so he goes out looking for. Uh, to the source wall because he's trying to bring Supergirl back to life because Deathstroke killed her. So, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens. He he stops, like, an interstellar war when it turns out both pl- uh, both species are being uh, manipulated by Starro the Conqueror. There was a bit where he got captured by Ranks the Sentient Slum and Guy Gardner showed up yeah, to break yeah. out. Uh, I remember that one. He had a bit where he ran into the Phantom Stranger... Uh, but he finally gets to the source wall, and it turns out that like the presence there that was you know calling out to him wasn't Kara. It was actually the ghost of General Zod, who Harlequin, uh, Harlequin uh, played for maybe two posts. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it was like a brief fight. Yeah, I mean it was his posts were really good. Uh, you know, Harl is a fantastic player, but um, he for whatever reason just didn't stick with it. And so from there he ended up. 
pushing through the source wall, going out into the multiverse, and then going even further out past the DC multiverse into other multiverses. So, like, he showed up in the Marvel uh, continuity, and he fought the Hulk and the Avengers. Uh, he showed up in the Mortal Kombat universe just to poke fun at the whole DC versus Mortal Kombat thing. Uh, he showed up in Dragon Ball Z and fought Goku. And that, I guess that was a little thing to uh, the uh, speculation over the years about who would win in a fight, Goku or Superman. Oh, know? Superman, no question. Yeah, uh, They have all that. I, I, that drives me nuts when people talk about it. It's like, yeah, but if he goes Super Saiyan 4, he'll have a power level 9. Yeah, but here's the thing. Goku has to sit there and power up all of his moves for like half an hour at a time. He's got to stand there going, ah, while Superman is at his full strength immediately. And he could just, you know, knock him out like right, right then. Yeah, that's uh, I've always been a fan of Dragon Ball Z, but I could never understand if they were, if they were powering up or they were just constipated. I don't know. <laughs> I never understood what their uh, unit of measure for power levels was. You know, it's power level 5,000. You know, you always yeah. hear, it's over 9,000. Apparently that, that's uh, good, so. Internet meme. Yeah. But, um. I think their, her- 9, their measurement what? was. Like, is it like a, a megawatt or a jewel or what? I think the brightest shade of blonde that their hair can get. Oh, probably. yeah. It was just, who has the craziest haircut? But yeah, I mean, Superman, uh, in that, he wound up going back to the Marvel Universe, and it turned out General Zod had gotten there before him and slaughtered everybody. Like, I basically had him do what the Plutonian did in Irredeemable yeah. and just wipe out the whole the whole world. Like, his throne room is actually made out of the hollowed-out skull of Galactus. A gangster. Yeah. And so they have a big-ass fight where Superman fights him carrying Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield, and he finally beats him. And then he gets... And then Zod uh, gets killed by Deadpool, who's using a kryptonite bullet and blows his brains out. And then it turned out that that whole setup was actually uh, orchestrated by Mr. Mixelpix, or Mr. Mixes, but like... However you say his name. Close enough, I guess. Yeah, I think I think it's like Mixes Pitalik. I've never attempted to try to pronounce the name. I'm like, hey, that guy. And then he brought Superman back to the proper multiverse, but sent him back like 50,000 years back in time. So him and like a task force of the multiverse's Jimmy Olsen's would uh, gather all of the supermen from the multiverse and basically feed all of their power into the proper Superman for 50,000 years at the heart of the sun to have him finally show up right at the end of Watchmen's uh, Darkseid arc so he could actually slug it out with Darkseid in a god-versus-god fight. So, question. How high were you when you wrote up that ending? Surprisingly, not at all. Huh. No acid, uh, no weed, nothing. I've always just felt Superman should be one of those characters where it's just go big or go home. Like, it bugs me. It really bugs me when people say, oh, Superman should be depowered because nobody can fight him. That's, to me, that's a cop out excuse. I, you know, I've always felt the more powerful a character like Superman is, the more creative the writer has to be to come up with stuff. So having, you know, a godlike hero like that makes you, it forces you to be creative. It makes you have to go just out there and go insane with it. Whereas, you know, if he's just 
kind of strong and kind of tough than, oh, I can just throw a big meaty monster guy at him. That's why I was never a big fan of Burn Man uh, from uh, you know John Burns era in the uh, late 80s and 90s. Just because it felt so pedestrian. There was like there was nothing that Superman was doing that, you know, Iron Man couldn't do or, you know, Thor, you know, to me, like, I, and this is kind of just in general, like Superman, I think, works better when you build him up as an icon than as you do as a character. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but um, it's kind of the same thing with Doctor Who. You kind of have to build this mythology around him and... Uh, present it in a truly epic fashion. Otherwise, people are going to be drawn to the more immediately um, immediately relatable characters, like guys who just have blatant character flaws like Iron Man or Batman or Captain America. And I think that's what makes Superman unique, is the fact that he can do all this crazy, ridiculous stuff that only he can do. Like, that's why they say this looks like a job for Superman, not this looks like a job for any reasonably powerful superhero, but, oh, look, Superman happens to be here. I know I'm kind of rambling here. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to think of an, another question well, to I mean, uh, segue that off of. My whole thing, why, like why Superman is far and away my favorite hero, even though I know he's... I, I don't think he's a one-dimensional character like a lot of people do. If you don't mind, I'm going to just rant for a second here when people i keep hearing people go is like i you know it's like don't like superman mainly is like a because he's too powerful and i've already talked about that but and b it's always like that sort of boy scout mentality it doesn't work anymore people aren't like that bullshit i have known plenty of people in my life who are genuinely good decent people who will go out of their way to help total strangers just because their conscience tells them it's the right thing to do you know, and, you know, first of all, to say that people aren't like that is A, you know, needlessly cynical, and B, it's just plain factually wrong. And B, I mean, you look at the world we're in, you look at the shape that our country is in, that, you know, other countries are in. We've got whole nations going bankrupt, you know, whole governments that are just corrupt as hell. Is more sneering and more cynicism really what we need? as a culture and do we really want to be that kind of person be just cynical and selfish and not you know, refuse to believe that somebody could just be a good person just because it's the good thing to do that's my whole rant there um yeah i mean i think you raised some interesting points because honestly every time someone says that superman is boring or one dimensional i honestly i think they just mistake positivity with a lack of something. Which... Yeah, exactly. It's because it's not something bad, they assume that it's not something at all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a character doesn't have to have edge to it to be a character. Yeah, and, you know, a character doesn't have to be an asshole to be layered and, you know, even flawed. Uh, that's one of the things I like about the new Grant Mort, like the uh, the new action comic Superman, is even though he is still a genuinely good person, even though he is a selfless conscience you know conscience driven person he is you know he does have you know flaws to him he is you know kind of arrogant he's kind of a bully when he's you know staring down bad guys i mean they take it too far in like the first couple of issues where he's like 
you know, holding people over the edges of buildings and threatening them with his heat vision. That was that was too much. I think for a second Morrison forgot he wasn't writing Batman. Oh, go ahead. Well, what I was gonna say was I think maybe the thing with that is uh, it's supposed. I think maybe like the idea is he's supposed to start off like that. He's supposed to be kind of a jerk, you know, like yeah. He, he's well, yeah, more, there's development to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, not he actually Superman. you actually see him grow up. Yeah, he's like which I think you know a lot of a lot of fans, especially with you know uh, superheroes, don't really want to see that. And what I mean, okay, like when people say. You know, uh, Batman shouldn't have Robin because, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, Robin exists to make Batman grow up. And a lot of people don't want to see that happen with Batman. Yeah, like I was saying in the uh, when I showed up on the off-panel podcast, uh, for a lot of fans, um, perception equals reality. And people don't want to see, like... Like, when people think of Superman, they don't want to think about, like, Kingdom Come or uh, Red Sun or any of the comics that show just how deep and meaningful a character like that is. They just they just think of Superman as the guy who's too powerful and nothing bad ever happens to him and he doesn't have a personality. So no matter what you show to debunk that, that's all they're ever going to see. Um, and Batman is very much the same way. Uh, the common perception of Batman is this loner yeah well he's this loner he's this angry cynical control freak who has no faith in anyone but himself and talks down to everyone treats people like shit but gets away with it because he's so awesome at what he does and that i think appeals to a lot of the more juvenile aspects of like male thinking because we all kind of want to do that we all kind of want to be that much of a dick and be able to get away with it just because we're so good at what we do. For, I mean, you're talking and that, to someone. That, I think, is why so many people think, you know, Batman shouldn't have Robin because Robin, you know, having a a son figure in, in Batman's life has makes him have to stop and think about what he's doing. He can't go all out on criminals because he has to set a good example. He can't you know, go out and follow his insane death wish war on crime because who's going to take care of him if I die? And that, I think, you know, again, it makes him have to rein himself in and be a more mature person. And I think that's what turns a lot of a lot of casual fans off. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would certainly say so. And and speaking of which, you've actually this is coming from a place of sort of a personal perspective because you've for the last few seasons in the Ultimate DC RPG you've been playing Robin, mm-hmm. and which is, I mean, when you think of Ultimate, you think more of an extreme, sort of modernized setting, and I think what you just described is pretty telling as far as that RPG is concerned because that's been like the whole struggle for your character so far is mm-hmm. is sort of facing that sort of inner turmoil that that someone like Batman would have and you actually gave someone well not you but the players previously gave Dick that sort of inner turmoil and you Yeah, he was like when I picked up Robin uh or well he wasn't Robin yet he was Redbird um yeah uh the last couple of people who played him he had these just anger issues and he was very um you know kind of throwing caution to the wind uh, and I, you know, I played that up because, yeah, that's what had been established, and I didn't want to just, you know, walk over it. But at the same time, I wanted there to be that sort of 
like the I mean the light obviously switches on when he finds out that that Batman didn't kill his father like he thought he did. So I mean like the first uh basically the first whole season that I was playing him Dick was out to kill Batman. He was like like I'm I'm going to find this guy and I'm going to kill him. And then you know they have a fight and Dick almost does kill him until he finds out that Batman was innocent. And so he starts going, you know, I was wrong. And at the same time, uh, he's also trying to have to uh, be more responsible with his own superheroics now that um, I'm kind of in the middle of forming the Teen Titans. Cause, like, he's just, uh, he's just met Starfire, and um, he's also got this whole, like, semi-romance going on with Raven. So you built up from the, like, pretty much the ground up. Yeah, uh, she's got, um, like, she just got her powers now. Um, like, her whole, like, I tried to stay with the whole thing with that she's Trigon's daughter. Um, and she's obviously got, like, huge parental issues because she never met her dad. And then it turns out he's a demon. And her mom is, like, never really there. That's good stipper material. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to have a, a figure to really play off of a, off of Dick like that. And the way, I mean... I originally like had him pining after Batgirl, but um, who was playing uh, Batgirl? Was it Sin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sin uh, wrote Batgirl as being a couple years too old for uh, for Dick to actually you know date, and so I kind of had to basically make one <laughs> up because uh, Starfire hadn't been introduced and Barbara was too old. So I was like, well, why not Raven? They were on the same team for a long time. Um. I will say that age didn't stop Edward Nigma, so yeah, age was just a number of that, that creepy bastard. Uh, <laughs> your Nigma makes me want to take a shower every time I read one of his posts. It's like, ugh. I will take that as a compliment because well, I mean that's kind it of is what, a compliment. That's what, that's what you're going to do. Exactly. But uh, speaking of uh, Ultimate DC, you touched on Robin, and this is something that I was going to try to spin out of with the Superman question, but we shifted gears. But um, another character you played um in Ultimate DC in this version and as well as the last version was uh it is Lex Luthor. Well, no, never mind. You're not playing him now. I'm sorry, you dropped him temporarily. But uh, yeah, uh, I do plan on picking him back up. Um, what is? I mean, you said is it just you're you're um you're a fan of the Superman? Uh, mythos that you're also, I mean, a fan of Lex Luthor in addition to that? that well, I mean, it's it's part of that. I mean, it is kind of, uh, to me, it is kind of a package deal. You know, just like Batman needs Joker to be kind of his opposite, I think Superman and Luthor are very much the same uh, sort of opposites. Like, the struggle between Superman and Luthor is basically Luthor is the the man who would be a god, and Superman is the god who would be a man. Superman has all these amazing, incredible powers, but in, at the in the end, he doesn't. You know, he'll save the world, but then he doesn't want to meddle in people's lives. He has faith in humanity that they will make the right decisions, and so once he saves the day, he just flies off into the sunset. Uh, Luther, on the other hand, I don't think he has any faith in humanity besides himself. Uh, he wholeheartedly believes that. He should rule the you know he should rule the world because he's the only one who deserves to. He's the only one that can, because he is you know the smartest man in the world. He has this massive corporate empire. I think you know I mean what really draws me to Luther, apart from just the fact that 
he and uh, Superman are kind of like a package deal. Specifically Luther and not like Zod or Brainiac, um, although they are fun, is kind of the fact that, like I said, when playing Superman, you kind of have to go big or go home. When playing Luther, it's always building up to a master plan. Like, people always say, like, oh, they shouldn't have Luther. He should fight Doomsday in the next movie or whatever. And that's boring. Because Doomsday's not really a character. He's just a, a monster. He's a thing that makes a fight scene happen. With a character like Luther, if he's going up against Superman, he has to have a plan. He has to have a strategy. And you know what, you know, you know what another word is for a villain's master plan? A plot. Oh, no. Seriously? Yeah. By playing, you know, a character like Luther makes you have to tell a story. It makes you have to come up with crazy, cool ideas in order to negate Superman's abilities. To put him in situations where being able to fly really fast and punch things really hard doesn't mean anything. Uh, and that's always fun to do. Plus, I mean, I just loved him in uh, Justice League Unlimited. The one, like, the the... The scene that always sticks out in my mind, that always sort of defines Luther to me, is in the episode uh, Question Authority, when the question breaks into Luther's office and he, you know, exposes his big master plan, you know, like saying, you know, it looks like, you know, you're going to, uh, you're going to be our next president. And Luther beats the crap out of him and just laughs and goes, President, do you have any idea how much power I'd be giving up to be president? Like, that was just so cool. And that's, I think, that to me is what makes Luther such a great villain, is that no matter how bad you think it is, whatever Luther's up to, it is so much worse. Um, now, how much of that have you tried to incorporate into the ultimate version of Luthor, and what have you tried to change and make different from uh, how he's like in the comics? Well, uh, a lot of it, I, I, I have tried to um, incorporate kind of my own philosophy uh i don't like to say politics because i hate when people like turn like their uh, fiction into just a political soapbox yeah but uh, i've kind of like a big part of it is i've tried to um take my own philosophy and apply like the opposite of it to luther like i'm i'm a big uh humanitarian or humanist i mean and i'm a big libertarian so i tried to make luther a very elitist very uh authoritarian statist person who believes wholeheartedly that he needs to control people that he needs to control humanity because they are too weak and too stupid and too helpless to do it themselves i do try and incorporate a lot of uh specifically from the animated series, that kind of smoothness that Luther has, that that it's like he's very smooth, but at the same time very scummy. Like every time I write his dialogue, I try and write it in the the Clancy Brown voice. You would say like it's more of a aspect of it's he's trying to always be more of a control freak than Superman. That's would you say that's what like the biggest difference between them is, is that Superman is very he goes one way and Luther goes the other way. I think that's part of it. Um, it's that, you know, Superman doesn't want to control the world, obviously. He doesn't want to have that big of a hand in shaping society. I think his whole thing is, I'm, you know, I'll come in when, uh, when there's something that obviously you can't handle, when there's an alien invasion or 
you know, an um, an uh, asteroid falling from the sky. But other than that, I'm going to leave you guys on your own because you can do it. Yeah. Uh, Luther, on the other hand, I think, you know, like I said, is these guys can't do it. So I'm going to do it for them, whether they want me to or not. Yeah. And it's interesting that that's their personal philosophy because... You know, we've gotten to the point in the RPG where there are two opposing teams, and one of them is actually a team you set up, the Legion, uh, the Legion of Doom. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how you play it because Luther is the head of this team with just all of these egos in the same room at once. Yeah, well, that's technically there's technically two different factions yeah. in there. There's there's the Society, uh, yep. which is Luther's group, and that's uh, Luther, uh, Rachel Ghoul. Uh, Cobra, Felix Faust, Ultra Humanite, and uh, Vandal Savage. And they are this kind of aristocratic group of power mongers who are trying to, you know, engineer a, uh, you know, a, a new world order. Uh, and in order to distract uh, the Justice League from the society, you know, in order to keep them from finding Luther and Raish and everybody else, Savage has broken off. And he has created the Legion of Doom. And they are this big, bold, open group of basically monster people. You know, it's, um, apart from Savage, it's uh, Cheetah, Killer Frost, Solomon Grundy, Atomic Skull, uh, Professor Ivo. um, Gigantic. Who else? Yeah, Gigantic just joined the team. Uh, and then they've got like a couple of dozen like minor villains who are going after the Justice League as kind of assassins, um, taking them on one at a time, while the uh, the Legion proper is committing all these horrible terrorist acts around the world. And Savage, Savage is different from Luther in the fact that Vandal Savage is more of a playboy. He's doing this because he thinks it's fun. You know he's you know he's been around for thousands of years, and this is really the only thing that keeps him entertained is causing this mass destruction and completely destabilizing the world order. He doesn't really have an end game compared to Luther, does he? Not really. I mean, it's like like I said in uh, one of his posts, because um, I think Gigantic calls him a terrorist, and he says no because a terrorist uses death and destruction to get what he wants. But me, you know, death and destruction is what I want. Gangsta. Let's see. I think you think we talked enough about you want to move on to the questions or. No. Yeah. I mean, you well, guys no, decide because because yeah. if I if I start going, I won't shut up. You're our talk monkey. So just. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get on with those. Right, um, I guess first off, uh, what's the character you've enjoyed playing the most? Uh, we'll just go ahead and say not anyone you've mentioned. Not Robin, Luther, Superman, just. Someone else like you've had the most fun playing. That is easy. Hands down. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. You know it. Here it comes. All-Star Spider-Man. Hell yes. I just I had a blast coming up with everything for uh, for uh, for All-Star Marvel. Well, I didn't I mean I didn't come up with uh, the universe and everything, but coming up with um, like Spider-Man's mythology for that. You had a little help though with uh, the spectacular Spider-Man TV oh, show. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> there were a lot of things I yeah, blatantly saw from spectacular. Uh, the fact that um, uh, Tombstone was the big man, I pretty much just completely copy pasted Gwen. 
a lot of his, you know, wisecracking. Yeah, well, like, like I said in our last interview, if you got to steal, at least steal from the best. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, there were differences. I mean, there were other things, um, like okay, like Rhino and uh, Sandman yeah. being partners. I mean, that was another thing I took from Spectacular. But like Harry Osborn, I took pretty much from Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, and there was a lot of stuff that I I kind of think that I did pretty originally, like uh, like Shocker and Electro. Yeah, yeah, Electro was pretty cool. Um, I can't remember Shocker though. Shocker in uh in All Star was an arms dealer. Mm. Uh, he uh, there were actually a lot of different Shockers. There were yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, he had like basically Shocker suits that he would sell on the black market, and because uh, Tombstone caught him double dealing, he was selling to both <laughs> Tombstone and uh, Silvermane, yeah, who were uh, the two main crime bosses. Yeah. Um. um I think I remember that because, yeah, like, like he had to. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say someone like applied for Shocker, and like, you know, we didn't really want to have too much yeah. retcon, so yeah, it was just. Little... Well, yeah, that was one of the big things is that we had like in uh, like in the new uh, DC, uh, Ultimate DC game, yeah. uh, there was um, there we had a rule with no retcons, which I think in All Star kind of came back to bite us because a lot of the revisions were really bad. <laughs> hey, hey. Don't 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 be talking about me now. I'm not. That's right. Um but, but I mean Spider-Man Okay, like to me, I mean I like a lot of superheroes. I like Green Lantern, I like Captain America and Iron Man, I like The Flash. Uh I get, you know, pumped for like Hellboy and Invincible and Astro City and I'll talk about them, you know, nonstop. I absolutely worship Superman and Batman. But I love Spider-Man. Like, I... like It's one of the, like... Spider-Man is a character that just speaks to me. And I think a lot of people have the same sort of reaction because of just the way Peter Parker is. You know, um... Yeah, we've all been there. Where we've been down on our luck. And where we wish we could be a better person. Where you kind of have to judge between what is it that you want and what is the right thing to do like spider-man does all the time when like he's out on a date but you know rhino starts tearing up the city so he has to piss off his girlfriend and go uh fight him uh and another thing that kind of uh appeals for me for uh, peter parker is kind of the situation i'm in right now it makes it a little easier to play peter parker is uh you've been uh, a spider you no know, well i think like one of my one of my best friends and actually my roommate. He's a supervillain. No, he well he pretty much <laughs> is Harry Osborn. Like does he have like the cornrows like Harry Osborn does? The Thankfully, weird head? no, because okay. he would look horrible with those. But <laughs> I mean, like we both get along fine. We you know have this, but like he makes way more money than I do. Yeah. And he drives a way better car and has a cute girlfriend and all this stuff. And I'm you know just kind of hammers home the fact that I'm this down-and-out loser. So even though he's my best friend, and even though, you know, we get along great, I'm always kind of, like, just beaming, just envy! And, uh, um, which... I was gonna say, you know, don't don't forget that his father is also your arch-nemesis. Oh, yeah. It's weird to receive but, those pumpkin bombs in the mail. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, Spider- Spider-Man was always really uh, easy for me to play, just because... You know, um, he's so easily relatable, and because I'd like to think you know, I've kind of uh, modeled my sense of humor off of Spider-Man's wisecracks. 
I play you know, the brief time I played, I did have a lot of fun with the uh, yeah. wisecrack. That's like that's like eighty percent of the fun of playing in my well, in my, oh, yeah. my my opinion anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing him again right now in a <laughs> in one Earth, yeah. and uh, it, uh, for some reason I I haven't been as active as I want to be with him. I think well, a big part of it is just because I didn't want to just do the same thing I did in All Star Marvel, but uh, at the same time, you know. Like you said, if you're going to steal, steal yeah. from what you like. So uh, I might as well just do that again. Um, you could you could have done what I did with the Fantastic Four. Just took like the basic concept and just, uh, just bam, hit the ground running and say, hey, all right, all this crap happened. I don't need to go over it. And there, through the Fantastic Four, the yeah. stuff. And... But, I mean, I did kind of actually want to play out the origin this time because I didn't with uh, All-Star. Oh. Um, and in the, like, One Earth, I did incorporate some... Uh, some DC element stuff into it. Like, um, instead of Oscorp, the, uh, he, the spider bite happens at, uh, star labs in metropolis. Um, and instead of it being like a genetic super spider, it's, they're experimenting with, uh, like the morphogenetic field, the thing that shows up in animal man. Uh. So he's basically in, in one earth, Spider-Man is basically animal man only with one animal mode. Yeah. Uh, uh, that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, but it's as long as he's not like too much like Animal Man, to where he's you know shooting webs at his butt like like a real mm-hmm. spider does. They did that in the Venture Brothers. Uh, they had a <laughs> they had a Spider Man guy who had who shot spiders out of his butt, and he had like eight eyes. It was pretty funny. They actually had Nathan Fillion as his uh, voice for that. That was yeah, that was pretty awesome. But um, All right. next question. Yeah. Hey, hey, wait a minute! You don't tell oh. us what to do. <laughs> okay, well, shit. I mean, I, dude. I mean, if you really want, I could talk about. Now, wait, wait, wait. All right, Next question. There. <laughs> as long as I get to say next question, that's all that matters. Because oh. I planned out like I planned out like eight seasons for that guy. Yes. Like I, painfully well, detailed. Well, that's what I was gonna say before we move on to the next question. But do you think that's something that hurts you? Just maybe you, you, you know, the expression "you can't see the forest for the trees" is it's almost the exact opposite. You were too busy looking at the big picture that maybe you kind of got tripped up with doing the post post, just trying to get to the point. In the well, place maybe. Where you I mean, I think um, uh, I, I do know that that did kind of hurt me, especially when somebody else would come along and apply for a character that I had plans for way down the pike. No, I'm just give me six seasons and then yeah. you can play them. Um, but um, I mean, there were other things like. I think, you know, a part of the, uh, I mean, it did hurt me in that respect, but I think it also helped me because you know, I was also the GM and I will admit I am ADD as hell when it comes to my hobbies. Like I'll go on a, I'll go on a huge kick for like either the basement RPGs or one of the other games I play or, you know, something else entirely. And I'll end up ignoring the other ones, but because I was running all-star and because I had all this stuff that I really wanted to show everybody, that I really wanted to tell the story, that I did end up trying to push the game on for a good while longer than it would have lasted, I think, without it. So that kind of obsessive plotting, I think both, I mean, it did hurt me, and I think it also helped me. Okay. Uh, all right, next question. All right. What are some of your favorite players to work with? Because... Uh, well, um... And I ask this with full bias because you and I have worked together many, many times. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, both like both of you two, I have had a blast playing with. I remember the first the first big thing I did in the RPGs was uh, 
Zod and Superman in the first one universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that it. was just a blast. Other guys I've loved playing with. Um, he's not around anymore, but Eddie Brock was uh, really good. I'm really liking uh, Carnage, uh, Carnage 27. Like, for, like, the last, like, I'd say the last year, he has been, like, just an all-star. Watchmen hasn't uh, done as much as he normally, like, as he used to do, but uh, it was always fun just seeing whatever insane crap he would come up with. Yeah, uh, like, super, I'm Superman, but I have a toaster for a head. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I mean, I know I came up with some crazy stuff when I was playing Superman, but during his whole arc where he was building up the Dark Side uh, invasion, he went just that shit insane with it. Uh, and that's that's always pretty fun. Um, let's see, who else do I like to play with? Besides uh, yourself. Yeah. I mean, there are a few. I mean, I know there's. I think this is another question as car- as uh, players that I would like to play with. Oh yeah. I, I don't really get to interact with Kaiser Soze as much as I'd like to, and I think a lot of that just become just comes from the fact that our tastes in uh, gameplay are so very different. Like he likes doing like the really dark stuff, and I prefer like the like crazy out there stuff. And uh, you know, there was a good bit of conflict in that when. Uh, when I first started playing Superman and they were in the middle of doing the, uh, the second dark Alliance bit. Cause I remember just getting so frustrated. Um, cause at that point it kind of was just the Kaiser Soze show starring Kaiser Soze just because he had built that up for so long. And, it, you know, we, I remember getting really frustrated a couple of times to the point where I was seriously considering quitting the game just because, like yeah, like basically only the guys who were playing villains got to have any fun. I mean, like yeah, we were constantly I mean, like every single time the heroes did anything, it's like oh by the way this also happened and somebody's dead. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying, but I mean that was sort of the point of the story. I mean you spoke. Well, yeah, to- I wouldn't have minded it, but it went on for months and months, and it was like well why the fuck am I doing this if I'm just going to continually be made to look like an idiot? Or, okay, like, I'm off fighting, like, the cyborg, and while he, that's happening, uh, Joker, like, Joker, bo- like, uh, bombs uh, Metropolis with his gas. As like, you didn't even ask. That, I think, was what really pissed me off. Like, if I had done something where Lex Luthor nukes Gotham, everyone would have flipped shit. <laughs> yeah. But because, because we're doing villains on parade here, uh, he gets, he gets off scot-free. And there was... I don't know, to me, it was kind of a weak payoff at the end where we just, you know, sure, we, you know, at the, in the end, the heroes won, but it was, we just kind of scolded them and threw them in jail where they'd break out anyway. So it was like, oh. Yeah. So but, after all that, we didn't get any real payoff. But, like, that make, said, I mean, the, my bitching aside, I love Kaiser as a poster. I yeah. think he's phenomenal. Like I said, I think it was just his style and my style didn't mix, and that irked me, but... uh you know, I love his work, and I really wish I could uh, work with him more. Alright, um, I guess next question, uh, what's, I guess, favorite, like, multiple uh, player art that you've uh, taken part in? What's, what's been your favorite of all of the different ones, uh, you know, multiple um, guys? There's been a couple of them. I'd say the one that I immediately think of uh, would have to be in Ultimate DC when we did uh, the Trinity versus Brainiac. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one was a blast. Um, yeah, you guys suck. Shut up. <laughs> Talk about me more. No, keep um, going. 
Yeah, I was just joking. Yeah. No, Not I really. Because it was just it was you know it was fun to do. Uh, Spike is fantastic. Super. That's another guy that I love working mm. with. Spike. I can't believe I left him out. I apologize. Uh, well, he, he's he's from Canada, so he doesn't count. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. But that one was so much fun. Um, just you know, one because I got to do another crazy master villain, and that's also I think when I started playing uh, Luther as kind of a side character in the middle of that. Like, everybody kind of brought their A-game. A lot of other people jumped in. Like, whoever was playing uh, Hawkman and uh, MST as the Atom. Yeah, I think Zatanna made an appearance. Yeah, Zatanna showed up, too. Um, It was pretty much the start of the Justice League, but it didn't really happen in the first game. For Like, every time we tried to do a Justice League arc, it was like, nope, the game just grinds to a halt. Well, you you can't blame us for lack of trying. Yeah, and, and there have been some other really fun ones. The dark, like I mentioned, uh, Watchmen when he did the Dark Side invasion, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, the um, the Avengers against the Super Skrull and All Star Marvel. I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah, I forgot. When I fought in Times Square. You were playing Captain America. Ultimate, uh, Ultimate uh, Marvel, the Ultimate Marvel game. Yeah, I I, I wasn't actually yeah. in Ultimate Marvel. Um, yeah, you talk about that. I, I like that one because uh, also you, another one you and I took part in was uh, when Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America took on the Hulk. But uh huh, and like uh, the whole time, like because uh, I was playing Iron Man at the time, and I was also playing Spider Man. So yeah, uh, Iron Man, Thor, and Cap are just slugging it out with the Hulk, like going all over the city, and the whole time Spider Man is trying to catch up but can't. So like by the time he finally gets there, the fight's over. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It was it you. It was either you or me. Like we had this idea that the Hulk would punch Captain America and he would fly through Peter Parker's classroom, just land in the middle of like his science lecture, and just stand mm-hmm. up and say, like, "Hey kids, stay in school," and just run yeah. off to take on the Hulk again. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I guess if you don't have anything else to say, we'll move on to another question. All right. What uh, What about our favorite story arc that you didn't take part in? Like, right, well, like just as a reader. Well, uh, you know, Bird's apparently pissed that I'm not talking about him enough. So, uh, yeah. Ultimate be Holiday. It yes, pretty much be. has to be Ultimate Holiday. Uh, I also really liked um, the one you did with Harlequin and All Star Marvel, uh, 72 Chevy. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That one was really cool. And, you know, I think, you know, because at the time, All Star kind of. Like, its player base was kind of falling apart. Not a lot of people read it. Um, but it was really good. It was all about him with, like, uh, Gene DeWolf and uh, who else? Torque? Yeah, it was uh, Tor- Sergeant Torque. He's a, He's been a minor character that's been in Black, Black Panther and uh, some more minor characters. Uh, Vince Gonzalez, I think his name, He's he's a, he's been a character, like, in Brand New Day uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of like uh, almost like Marvel's version of uh, Gotham Central. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of you kind of have to give it to Ultimate Holiday just because the amount of work that you put into that was just insane. Yes, feed um, my ego. Yes, <laughs> I will be unstoppable. And you know, this is coming from a guy who hated the fact that uh, uh, Nigma never became the Riddler. Yeah, well, hey, you, you vowed to change that, so. Yeah, write him out of that box I put him in. Just make it halfway <laughs> decent. He, he, uh, I might do that maybe like season four or just, five if uh, UDC uh, lives that long, which I hope it does because yeah. it's really good. 
just don't uh, just don't take the Tony Daniel approach and have him like get hit upside the head up. All right, cool. My frontal lobe's repaired. I'm no longer yeah. lobotomized. Time to be evil. <laughs> I don't know. I think I kind of, I think I kind of got my uh, my bitching out of the way on that with uh, when I did the create a post uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so, bitch. I remember that. <laughs> apparently, remember that I'm like, apparently remember, I'm this yeah. all this wrong in the RPG. So, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that week because I I had to field you two. Like, like it was like you two like had the potential to become enemies that week. But uh, thankfully, that didn't happen. I think I guess it was all in good fun, but I don't know. No, no. I, w- I mean, I was just you know, I was just yanking your chain. Yeah, well, chain yank, sir. <laughs> yeah. Chain has been yanked. He can dish it, but he can't take it. Yes, that's uh. right. I'm very. I'm like. A, I'm like a lot of bullies. You know, I I I pick on people because I'm insecure. Uh, yeah. But um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. What what's another question we used to ask? Do you, can you think? I don't know if this is necessarily in order. Do you care if it is or not? No, nah, uh, not really. But um, if you could create an RPG, mm, just like spitball a couple of concepts if you can. Like if you <sighs> could create a game, and it doesn't have to be like whether or not it would be successful or not. Just if you oh, had no, free I've already rate. I've already tried several RPGs that were not successful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did. Uh, I tried, all, the, Sil- I tried the, uh, the Silver Age RPG, which I still think could have been a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was kind of. I mean, it was kind of redundant because at the same time they also had Create a Hero, which is still around and I really need to get into. Um, and I also tried doing um, what other ones did I try and fail to do? There was one I had which we never like we. The application got approved, but we never actually got around to making it. it was like this sort of a Victorian steampunk yeah. RPG where it was like uh, Dracula and um, Frankenstein and all that. But then on the other end, you had like Sherlock Holmes and Harry Houdini yeah. and a bunch of other guys like that. I still think that would have been a lot of fun to try. I, um, I remember that because I had like this idea to turn like uh, Thomas Edison sort of like into the mm. Reed Richards of the universe, just to be this crazy inventor. I wish we, yeah. we could have done something with that. Um. And then see, I let's see. There was the the monstrous RPG, which I'm oh, not yeah. sh- <laughs> the Hitman which, RPG. Yeah, which okay. The whole idea of monstrous was that it was going to be kind of like a Cloverfield Godzilla sort of thing, where everyone was just playing um, like a normal character, but in the midst of a giant monster attack, yeah. like trying to get out of the city uh, while this giant monster was destroying everything, and somehow. People like we had like three different characters who all wanted to be mafia hitmen. <laughs> yeah, they were all mafia hitmen. They were all like military trains. They they could take yeah, down the like monsters everybody themselves. was going to be this like total bad. Which I think a lot of people were kind of thinking in terms of like the zombie RPG at the same time. Yeah, where I'm going to be this unstoppable super badass, uh, which to me defeats the whole purpose yeah. of a game, of a survival game like that. It's not scary. It's there's no tension if you're already like you know up to your ass and weapons and you know elite military training thank god i have all these ak-47s very convenient that the yeah. zombies happen to show up but uh <laughs> i think yeah i think something like that would have worked uh if if you know the cli- if the climate of the uh the games at the time was right and if i had uh done a better job gming it um games that i would like to see um I would love to see uh, an Aliens versus Predator game. 
Um, yeah. Like, do maybe, like, not like the movie, because the movie was horrible, but do, like, uh, the last couple of video games where you actually have, like, everyone is, like, the uh, Colonial Marines, and you've got this uh, place that's, like, overrun by the aliens, and there's a predator running around killing shit, and you're trying to find out what happened and stop it from happening in other places. Uh, that was actually, and I'm about to kind of break off uh, onto a tangent. Oh, boy. Uh, that was actually uh, one of the games that I had done back when I first started RPing, back in, like, 2001, well, 2002. Let's, 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 uh, actually, that kind of does factor into a le- uh, question I want to ask, and I guess we can okay. ask now. Just um, uh, how, how long... Have you been? Uh, how long have you been affiliated with the basement RPGs? And like, how long have you been RPing? And what exactly brought you to the hype of all places? Uh, well, I started. I joined the hype. Uh, I started the basement RPGs in 2006. Um, but I've been playing in various RPGs since about 2000. Uh, so I, I mean, I've been playing for a very long time since I think it was my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. 2001, I should say. Um, the, fir- like, the first uh, games I was playing were on uh, the Game Gossip forums. I don't think they're around anymore. And it was a bunch of us who were uh, big uh, Daikaiju nuts. Uh, Daikaiju is Japanese monster movies. Godzilla, Gamera, yeah. Ultraman, that sort of thing. And we had kind of started doing these uh, you know, like fanfic RPGs where... Like, we were just making our own uh, kaiju fights for, uh, and that just kind of became an RPG um, where we were playing, like, I was playing uh, King Ghidorah. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just King a monster. Ghidorah, just King a monster. Ghidorah is the big golden three-headed space dragon that spits lightning. <laughs> wow, that sounds pretty awesome. He's, yeah. Like, it, <laughs> I felt like it's always been one of my things. Like, who doesn't love King Ghidorah? Who looks at a giant lightning-breathing space dragon and goes, nah, fuck that. That's, <laughs> yeah, really, not, nah. that's really not my thing. Yeah, he's not um, for me. But, so I played that game for maybe a year or two. And then um, the same group, we were also um, big fans of the Alien vs. Predator movies. Uh, or the Alien vs. Predator games and comics, and the Alien movies and the Predator movies. This is before the Alien vs. Predator movie came out and just killed that whole <laughs> fan base dead. Um, so we started playing a game based on that, where we were playing the Colonial Marines. And uh, it would basically, have you played the game Alien Swarm on uh, Steam? Uh, I have not. How about you and B? No, I haven't. Well, we were basically like a small team of like... Uh, it was basically like a Marine task force. And we would... Uh, go on like various missions to try and uh clear out colonies usually i mean it was usually always fighting aliens and predators but there were other stuff and that lasted you know maybe another another year or so um but i mean eventually i'd say around 2003 um that that community kind of died out uh at the same time like i've always and this is a, a different game that i was playing um at the same time I've always been a big, uh, well, not always, but since like 1998, I've been a big wrestling fan. Um, and, you know, not like I've been one of those guys who like knows all like the ins and outs of everything backstage, who's actually a good performer and who's just being pushed as good because the company wants them to. Um, so I was like a, 
one of those guys I'd watch like the indie feds and ECW and all that old stuff. Um, and one of the forums I went to had these caption contests where they'd have, um, you know, just pictures of what happens on the show. And then we'd make jokes about, you know, what's in the picture. Um, and that kind of mutate, like we had several running gags and characters that sort of developed out of that. And that sort of mutated into a whole new game, um, where we'd basically run our own like fantasy wrestling promotion based on characters with certain picture bases. And I played a character called Seymour, who is this, you know, uh, dopey little nerd, um, you know, who, you know, he's kind of a Peter Parker personality, uh, but his uh, picture base was Ultimo Dragon, who was this Japanese guy with like a crazy ass, uh, like golden mask and all this stuff. So it was this sort of like I thought it was hilarious uh, at the time. Uh, he was th- this very uh, odd juxtaposition of being this like ridiculous, like mask luchador guy, but having this total uh, unassuming personality. Uh, and I ended up playing, I am still playing Seymour to this day. I started playing him in 2004, and he has been going pretty much nonstop since then. And he has this crazy-ass adventures, um, like, his his manager is this, like, sleazy scumbag guy named Sonny who keeps putting him in these horrible situations and then betting on him to make tons of money, uh... He ended up somehow teaming up with this evil necromancer named Terrence. Um, anyway, that character's been around for a long time, and that kind of <laughs> um, fed my um, my uh, joy for playing for for role playing for doing RPGs. And around 2006 uh, was when uh, Superman Returns was coming out, and uh, you know me, I'm a big Superman fan, and I I started looking for news on uh, about the movie because I want you know, I was excited. And um, it brought me to SuperheroHype.com, and I started looking around there. And this, I think, was before the basement was its own forum. Yeah, yeah I think right. so. Yeah, because they were just in the in the Marvel Comics thread and the DC Comics yeah. forum. Um, and I saw that, and I, I just kind of went, "Oh, hey, look, they do the same thing I used to do. Awesome. Let me let me get in on that." Um, and I started looking around. I was pretty excited by the idea of doing the One Universe RPG, which was when they did combining DC and Marvel and um, I was basically I basically started looking up characters seeing which ones were available and I picked uh, General Zod and off to the races I went and this was the origin story of Andy C yep <laughs> sorry it's a it's a rambling directionless rant but uh that is the story you do have one thing in common with Spider-Man's origin when you got done with it I wish someone would have shot me <laughs> Wow. Why couldn't someone carjack me mid-story? <laughs> and that carjacker turned out to be Sandman uh. for some kind of reason. Um, oh, God, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. So, you played a lot of characters in your time. I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say. Not as many as me. Uh, Let me just get that uh, out there. I, I've, I mean, I've got a pretty... I mean, it's not as big as either of you guys, but I've got a, I think I've got a pretty respectable resume. Yeah, but... um. And you've played a lot of your favorites, too. Like, you played Superman and Spider-Man. Yeah, I've got to play Luther. I'm playing Joker right now in One Earth, which is a lot of fun. Um, um, but if you had your pick of the litter, any fiction, any universe, any game, like, just 
If you just had your pick, who would you play? Uh, well, let's see. Hellboy. I've never played Batman. I want to play Batman at some point. Um, I would love to play um, Phelan Kell from the Battletech series. I'm sure you guys don't know who that, that is. That just went... I don't... Was that English? I don't understand <laughs> no, any of No, probably words. not. Um, I'd love to play probably uh, one of the characters from uh, the Wheel of Time uh, books. Or maybe uh, Kvothe the King Killer. I know I'm just pulling a bunch of... Um, Probably. One I was going to ask you is... Uh, oh, also Ford Prefect from Hitchhiker's Guide to uh, the yeah, love to play Ford. That kind of is kind of related to what I was going to ask. Uh, something we talked about over the past week, but uh, what about the Doctor? Would You wouldn't want to play him in an RPG? Uh, well, the Tenth Doctor, uh, the David Tennant Doctor, who is far and away my favorite, pretty much already is Ford Prefect. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're very much... They're very similar characters. Uh, the guy who has seen it all, who's been everywhere, who's done everything, and wants to do it all again. Um, I, I, yeah, I can see that. And yeah, that's, you know, I do love Doctor Who. Um, I just also really love the Hitchhiker's Guide. Other characters I'd like to play? Um, well, like I said, if we ever did that uh, Victorian steampunk game, I'd love to play Harry Houdini and do like a thing where he's supposed to be this magic guy but he doesn't believe in magic and is always out to try and debunk people like uh kind of like in uh the first sherlock holmes movie with yeah. robert downey jr well, also that is some basis in fact because houdini was he was like that in real life yeah that's what i mean he was out okay. busting uh people i thought I was, I was about to say that's a hell of a coincidence i don't know who else uh i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of one that will make you guys go like oh that would be awesome oh sorry yeah, uh, you ain't gonna find it. Now, now, if you did something like up up against the wall, maybe. Uh, Invincible. I'd love to play Invincible. Oh, Invincible! That'd be so awesome. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about is uh, All Star Marvel. Is I'm, I should I should I, I forgot all about it when we were talking about it at the beginning. But one of my favorite things that come out of the All Star Marvel universe was Ultimate uh, All Star Shield. Just how yeah. some bad. I mean, oh. they're they're almost like GI Joe on crack. I loved that. Um, if to uh, to sort of refresh everybody, if you guys didn't play All Star Marvel, Shield um, is very different from uh, from the way it was in, in the uh, like in six one six or in Ultimate, where you know in most in most versions of it, Shield is kind of just a bunch of disposable red shirts. I, I played Fury in mm-hmm. one universe, and I remember getting constantly frustrated by the fact that. Every fucking week, somebody would break into the helicarrier and crash it or, like, hack all of their databases. And it was basically like I'm playing a guy whose only job is to order people to their deaths. And I felt just useless. So when I got the chance to build it from from the top, uh, I went in a totally different way with it. Uh, In this one, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually a, uh, a rogue organization. They broke off from the government in the early 60s um, because uh, Kennedy had actually yeah. sold them out the, to uh, to end the Cuban Missile yeah. Crisis. The, the way you kind of did it was like they were almost too good at the jobs. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 kicked, had, uh, they kicked so much ass that the Russians threatened to nuke the United States just to get rid of them. Yeah, like they were created uh, to be basically based around Captain America. That's why they were named S.H.I.E.L.D. Um and it was Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. I I don't remember if I ever did say that Wolverine and Sabretooth were a part of it, but I always wanted that to be part of it. I think you uh, you implied that like Wolverine yeah. was like a, he was a soldier uh, during the uh, Second World War. Yeah, 
And um, let's see. Uh, it, I implied pretty heavily that they killed Stalin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and JFK after he uh after yeah. he sold them out. And so they went underground and became this um basically like these like like um sleeper agents. Yeah, they were sleeper agents, kind of like like they were basically an army of Jason Bournes. Yeah. Where they were these elite like they would basically recruit like the elite fighting men from everywhere around the world. Green Berets, uh British SAS, Israeli Mossad, Russian Spetsnaz, um even a few police officers cuz I think yeah, uh, like like hero cops, yeah. things like that. If you were just if you were just that damn good at what you did, Shield wanted you. And um they would um like there was no central location. They didn't have a real headquarters uh except for like one little like Fury's sort of camp, which was set up in a, a coal mine in West Virginia, which is where he, uh, which is where uh, he grew up, and he would, you know, he'd recruit these people, put them through just the most intense, hellish training you could think of, and then he would wipe your memory and set you back out into the world with an unassuming new identity until the day he flipped your switch. So that was a lot of fun to play. Where he, there was a lot of uh, cloak and dagger spy versus spy stuff because. Uh, they were going up against Hydra, who uh, had very much the same sort of thing going on. Uh, they were this, uh, you know, elite terrorist yeah. organization who uh, sleeper agents and brainwashing, kind of like how Shield did. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they were kind of their opposite number, and that was run by uh, Zemo. Um, and that was just a lot of fun to do. It, I think just part of it is because it was a very stark departure from the way a lot of people consider shield to be uh that they actually were a legitimate uh threat uh that you kind of had this um there there was a lot of like gray morality to it yeah where you know at you know on one hand they were these brutal um like jingoistic like like psychotically patriotic um like war dogs but on the other hand they also had an extremely strict code of honor and they were actively pushing the superhero movement in order to topple Hammer, who was the replacement group for Shield, and they were the uh, they were the uh, the big monolithic superhero police. Um, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially especially when J'adore started taking over. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I don't, I don't court, like yeah. to I don't like to talk shit about um, other people's portrayals of characters, but. Um, it, she it was went unique. It was way unique. over the line when it came to them being like control freaks. I remember there was a thing where she was threatening to kill Captain America's sickly old mother. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit! And you're supposed to be the good guy. Uh, yeah, she threatened to kick her down a flight of stairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, um, but one of the things I remember is when you first posted your application. Is two of the things I, I liked about the application. You, you had that timeline. Of events mm-hmm. like Leonard Prince Day. Two of my favorite parts were, uh, it was like supposed to be like in early '76, I think, like a few months after the United States had pulled out of Vietnam. All of a sudden, the whole freaking communist government were assassinated, like in one swift movement by you know by some mysterious people. And then, uh, oh yeah, that was some of the other guys that Shield got. They got Ho Chi Minh. Yeah. They took out Che Guevara. And then, like uh, in October. Like 2001, when the United States invaded Afghanistan, uh, they found like Bin Laden's dead body hanging up on the light post. Mysteriously, mm-hmm. someone had had killed him and took him, took him out. Just just that kind of stuff. Because yeah, like the whole idea, they were kind of uh, 
behind the scenes. Yeah, they were like the guardian angel trying to keep America as the dominant superpower in the world. Um, you know, regardless of of who they had to kill to do it. Yeah, and um, I kind like I said, I kind of had to tone that down towards the end of this first season, just so there would be a contrast between Shield and Hammer. But I always did like the idea that they were they were the guys who would do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Like they were the guys who would do horrible things for the greater good. Dean's justify uh, the means. Yeah, they you know it's like no matter like we will get the job done. Uh no matter what we have to do to do it. Uh so that that was a lot of fun playing Fury that way. Um I was always a fan of it just kind of because of um I've always something I've talked about is I've always been a big fan of history and historical events, especially like military history. Oh yeah. Um and just just seeing like just and also I, I love I like conspiracy theories just like to have fun with just to read. Oh yeah, some of the they're crazy they're incredibly stuff. fun to read. Yeah, I don't believe any of them, but they no. are a lot of fun to read. Um, if I ever get around to trying to do an All Star Marvel reboot, which I think you know now that there is a uh, resurgence of uh, interest in Marvel characters, you know, what with the Avengers movie coming out and. A lot of people playing Marvel people in uh in One Earth. Yeah, I do want to try that again. I would probably say sometime before the end of this year. Uh, I will. I do want to kind of rebuild, uh, like a whole alternate timeline for that universe, kind of like uh like the opening to Watchmen the movie. Yeah, to show like kind of what happened yeah, and how different history would be in a world populated by superheroes. So I do you know. As much as I, you know, can't let that game go, I do think it does have promise to appeal to other people apart from just me. Yeah, yeah, uh, me too. I always enjoyed uh, playing the Fantastic Four and uh, Captain America and the the Chevy story, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, um, I think I said I, I think it could come back in a big way. Uh, I mean, Ultimate DC. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was I was really skeptical when uh they said you were guys, you guys were going to reboot it, but damn if it hasn't worked. Well, that just goes to show, you know, you're not I always think, right. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that helped Ultimate DC and probably could help All-Star Marvel is that from the ground floor you had people invested in it, people caring about it. People want to do more than just grab and, "Oh, I want this character. I want this character." And I'm going to just yeah. I'm going to just throw as much crap against the wall and see how much it sticks. And we did that a little bit in Ultimate DC in the second go-around. But I like to think that all these characters, as different as they are, at the heart of the character, the the, the essence of the character is still there at the end of the day, I think. So, anyway. Well, most of them, yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Um, oh. Anyway. Uh, so, I, I just want to I just want to get this out there because we're running on like an hour and a half. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, we can only take so much of Bird's voice per week. So, I don't want to bog anybody uh, down. Uh, you can't overdose on me. It is a fact. <laughs> um, so, what is your writing process, first of all? Like, take us through what happens when you start to write a post. Like, 90% of the time when I start to write a post, I hit the new reply thread. Uh, uh, so, we all do I, that. Yeah, well, yeah, no. I look at the uh, the big empty text box. Then realize, oh god, I don't have a plan. What am I going <laughs> to do? And so I'll stare at it for like ten minutes, start playing Minesweeper, and then bugger off and not come back to it for like three days. Um, I would, I mean, 
normally what I like to do is I just kind of I play out scenes in my head. I'm I'm sure everybody does that, and I just try and think of you know I try and pick like three or four key lines of dialogue that will sort of define what's going on in this post. How is this going to affect the direction? How is it going to further the story? Uh, and how to say that in like the most catchy and um, like most poignant way possible. And then I'll sort of frame the um, frame the rest of the post around that. And, you know, sometimes I'll end up writing huge novels of post, and other times I'll only maybe do like three paragraphs and like four lines. Um, it just really depends on what it is I want to get across and what is the best way to get it, to get that across. Now, do you um, like? Do you generally like zone out? Do you not? Can you not have distractions, or do you usually like play music or something like that? I I can't I cannot have distractions. I like when I'm posting, I will sign off of my instant messenger. I will get sign off of Skype. I like I am very um I I honestly I honestly kind of think I have ADHD. Like if I will like if there's one thing that catches my attention, I will focus on it like a laser. But if something else catches my attention, I will just wander off. And so, like, there will be times when I will just have, like, a posting frenzy. And, you know, I will, you know, post, like, three or four characters at a time. And I will go insane trying to uh, get the next story arc done. Um, And then there are other times where I just cannot bring myself to do it. Either just because I don't have any energy. Because, you know, maybe I had a shitty day at work. Or... You know, for whatever reason, I just can't focus. I think I think that's manic depressive. I think you need to go see a doctor. Maybe but that's just me. I mean, I've also I mean I've also had a kind of a uh, a uh, change of how I post, and a lot of that came from you know the frustrations I kept running into when I would plot everything out meticulously like a full season in advance. It was so much like it was actually a lot easier for me to do that to come up with some big huge master plan. And then sort of write my way through that. Um, but then, you know, it'd have things where, well, now I can't do that anymore. Or now this has been rendered pointless and it would drive me nuts. Um, so for the last, I'd say maybe the last year, I've been trying to just wing it. I just say, uh, okay, I'll have a very rough sketch of what I want to do. And then I will uh, just, you know, kind of do what happens come what may. And... It's made me a lot more flexible, I think, but at the, uh, at the same time, it also makes it harder to get the ball rolling on something because I don't have, you know, I don't have a long game anymore. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. That's kind of like how I try to do it. And just, yeah, so to me, the hardest part is starting. Just, but as soon as I yeah. like get those that first sentence down, then the rest is a breeze. It's just that that first sentence. It's always the pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And with MB, it's just always a pain in the ass, no matter what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I think that may be why I'm having I'm struggling playing One Earth Spider Man as opposed to when I was playing All Star, because when I was playing All Star, I had a definite goal of this is what I want to happen, and here's how I'm going to get there. But in uh, in One Earth, it's kind of like, well, I want to play Spider Man, and but at the same time, I don't want to just mastermind it because. That got on a lot of people's nerves. Yeah, you don't so, want to. Uh, you don't want to go into a game with the mentality of I'm going to stab somebody's eye out if they pick up the lizard. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
it's kind of like I'll have like I'll have very short term goals of okay, how do I get Spider Man? You know, how do I get him to get his powers? Now, how am I going to kill off Uncle Ben? Now, how am I going to have him fight his first villain? Um, things like that, and it's yeah. You know, at the same time, it's good and it's not as good for me at least uh, at the same time. But uh, I mean, I don't really know if I have a process so to speak of, but that's kind of, that's, you know, how, that's how I, how I do things. That's how you roll. That's yeah. how I roll. What about your uh, inspirations, like, in terms of writers or, like? Mm, well, it's, I mean, like, it's who influenced uh, your for voice? a long time, huh? Like, I, mainly what I'm asking is who influences your, like, your writing voice? Well, let's see, um, Douglas Adams has always had a very big effect on my writing. Uh, just, I've always loved that style of <laughs> writing of of sneaking extremely funny things in and not really um, yeah. like drawing attention to it. Kind of like um, kind of like a dry humor. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of guys. I mean, when I do stuff like Superman, I obviously look up to like Mark Wade uh, because like Kingdom Come and Birthright are still far and away my favorite Superman stories. But I'll also look at you know the really crazy. Guys like um, like Neil Gaiman and Grant Morrison, uh, the era in like the late seventies and early eighties when Elliot S. Magan was writing Superman, um, Spider Man. Yes, I heavily rip off uh, Greg Wiseman and the Spectacular Spider Man, and I make no apologies for that. Um, I don't really. I I mean, in general, um, it's kind of hard to say these days. Um, but I've always, you know, I've always uh, tried to model myself after um, people like people like Morrison and uh, and uh, and Douglas Adams, that sort of uh, who can do things that are both very mundane and at the same time both completely psychotic, um, and also things like Doctor Who, uh, the guys like Stephen Moffat and Russell T Davies. Uh, um, um, is there are well are there any like. Uh... Uh, trying to figure out how to word. Are there any like RPGs like you see out there that maybe not necessarily they inspire you, but you see like, hey, you know, they're writing. I want to try to not write something similar, but try to be more like them in terms of like storytelling or. Well, uh, as as kiss assy as this is, um, the first guy that I latched onto when I started playing uh, in the hype was uh, was Master Bruce. I was like, this guy, this guy gets it. <laughs> and so uh don't apologize oh. that i've latched on and i haven't i haven't yeah. unlatched i mean yeah and there you know i've also you know um really taken to like you know kaiser soze's um like really uh he's very good at writing dialogue um and just you know people who just have like a really good work ethic like carnage and like mst i was like even on a slow week they're posting and so, you know, that's that's kind of an inspiration, too, is just just getting the work done. And don't get me wrong, it is good work that they're doing. Yeah. Damn right. Post, that's what I say. Yeah. All too often. Um, I guess I guess that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else. Uh, how about you, Amy? You got anything? No, I'm good. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'll do the final question. Um, what, uh, like, what's coming up for you? Like, what is there anything, like, you want to tease about, like, what you've got coming up? in the games and like what you um, want to try to do well right now i've gotten to the point where in uh in one earth where joker is uh in arkham asylum 
and there's going to be a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, just how he's going yep. to uh, is uh, his first time in Arkham. Yep, to be. it's his first. It's his first go around in Arkham, uh, and there are a lot of people in there that I can you know have fun with, like uh, like Doctor Arkham, of course, um, Doctor Jeremiah Arkham. I mean, uh, Jonathan Crane. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to have Harley just yet, but uh, she'll be in there sooner or later. Um, and also Spider-Man. Spider-Man just got his powers, and that's going to be a lot of fun exploring how uh, how that's going to you know how that's going to pan out. In Ultimate DC, I've got two big things going on. I've still got the big war between the Justice League and the Legion of Doom, and uh, with uh, Robin. I'm just about to I'm uh, about to start an arc with um, that'll show sort of the creation of the Teen Titans, where we've got uh, the Hive is going to be the main villains with that, um, along with uh, Simon and the Fearsome Five, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, other than that, yeah, just uh, just kicking it, keeping on, keeping on. I hope you guys like what I write, and uh, yeah, and I hope you guys uh, keep going as well. Yeah, I want to remind you, I'm still waiting on you with the Suicide Squad, you son of a bitch. Yeah, God damn you. Hey, I know. Well, I, I, got, well, I can just always just NPC him if you want me to. I don't. If you really want to, because uh, I mean, you look, it's it's on recording right now for posterity. You have my permission to uh, NPC them <laughs> if you get impatient. <laughs> Yeah, uh, will believe me. I'll use yes. I will use this as further proof to use your characters for everything. No, just specifically. Just wait. The, uh, no, specifically, uh, uh, specifically uh, uh, the Legion nope. of Doom hit squad that's going after the Suicide nope. Squad. No, nope. a month from now, Batman's going to snap Joker's neck, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, I think that's a pretty good note to end the episode on. Um. You've been listening to Inside the Player Studio um, for my cohort. Well, no, hold on. Let me let me wait, wait, let me let me say the thank yous. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the end of our episode. Uh, thank you for joining us, Andy. You were a good guest, and I appreciate you sacrificing your busy Saturday night to come on with us. Yeah, uh, I've got to make a pot of spaghetti. That's pretty much all I've got going on. But uh, it was great to it was great to be on here. Um, it's always fun talking the RPGs. Um, it's you know even more fun being in the RPGs. So um, thanks for having me on, and I look forward to uh, seeing where the games go. All right. Well, um, that'll be the end of our episode then. Uh, for MB and Andy, I am Bird, and I'm wishing you a good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Or don't. I really don't give a damn. Bye. Go!